today is an awesome, wonderful day. Um, I just have a testimony I wanted to share with you guys. Um, you know, we just had our baby, and we're planning on growing our family. And then there were just um, things started happening with our car, so we figured, oh, let's get it. It's probably time for us to get a new car and a bigger car because we want to be able to bless people with rides too because we only had we didn't have enough space in our car. Long story short. So then um, we decided to go to the car dealership, and when we went, you know, um, we had in mind what we wanted and what we wanted to spend and all this stuff like that. And um, it just ended up ha happening that we ended up getting a used car initially. And the car, uh, after we took it home, we were blessed. You know, we received, we were like, glory to God. Um, and then we noticed a few things that were, you know, off. And we wouldn't have noticed it unless it was the Lord, you know, that put it on our heart. Just a few things weren't working the right way that they should have. And then um, just just a few few things going going on wrong. And so we prayed about it. You know, we took it to the Lord. And um, then we went back and we told them the issue. We told them the situation. We ended up getting in a newer car um, that is way better than the older car. And it actually costs less a month. So, like, we won't, we're not going to be have to be worrying about making payments or anything like that. And I think about this verse is in Proverbs 10, verse 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. And in another version, it says, God adds increase without sorrow. You know, so if any of you guys are seeking that increase, whether it be, you know, in your job, looking for a promotion, or, you know, if you too are looking for a car or something like that, you know, definitely commit those things to the Lord, because God cares about those things. He doesn't want you to be struggling or things like that, you know. So God added, in my testimony is that God added increase to us without sorrow. Now we're able to be a blessing to others, bless people with rights who need to come to church, um, so just we're you know be thankful being thankful for that. So I'm gonna pray. Lord, I thank you, God, for your blessings, for your provision, God, for who you are, God, for being a good father and taking care of us, Lord. Um, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus with all your children who are here, God. You're a good father. I pray, God, that you would take care of our needs, God. I ask you, Lord, that you would add increase without sorrow, God, that without painful toil for it, God, that you would bless them, Lord. God, that they the, that if there's anybody here with a need, God, whether they need a new job or a promotion in their job, Lord, or they have a physical need that need a felt need, Lord, that needs to be met, God, I ask that you would meet it, God, without bringing any sorrow, without bringing any harm, without bringing any pain for that. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you in advance for what you're doing in this body. Thank you, Jesus, for providing all of our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, Amen. This beat in you have rescued me. Sing it out, Jesus is our empty cross. Empty cross, empty grave. Life eternal, you have one better day. Shout it out, Jesus is our life. Sing out. When I stand, 
more church to sing that out. He's alive. Well, he's alive. And oh, happy day, happy day. You wash my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day. I'll never be the same. Oh, happy day, happy day. You wash my excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Just as I was, we were singing that song, Oh Happy Day, it was a song that many of us can, when we sing it, it's, we know it, and it's something that we sing, and it's, and it's positive, and it's like it's a happy day. But I remember when I rededicated my life to the Lord, and, and worshiping God, grabbing a guitar, and, and singing to the Lord, man, I'm telling you, when I'm singing those words, were powerful. They had such a, a deep impact because I was in the moment. I realized, I remember what God had changed my life and what he saved me from. And when we sing those songs, it's hard to stir up those emotions sometimes because of maybe the situation that we're in or maybe we know that song. It's a funny saying we have in the church. Sometimes we say the oil has left the song. It's no longer good. We got to get something new. And amen, we believe in singing new songs. Amen. But I want to encourage you this morning, as we get ready to sing these next couple songs, and we got some new ones, when we get ready to sing these next couple songs, I want you to just seek the Lord and not go off an emotion. We're not going off the emotion. We're going off the heart of praise and the heart of worship and saying, Jesus, this is for you. And no shame in this place. Doesn't matter if you can sing. Doesn't matter if you like to harmonize, do the lead, whatever you like to do. I want us to all come with a heart of worship and just say, hey, God, this is for you. And this next song is called Burning Ones. Somebody say Burning Ones. And you get that picture like on fire, okay? Burning Ones. And that's what we're asking, God. So let's just close our eyes right now. God, we thank you for this church. God, we thank you that it is indeed a happy day because you're with us. We're meeting you with right now in spirit holy spirit come break through the distractions 
break through the routine of, of church services. And God, we ask that you would come and fill us with your fire. We desire to be your burning ones. Come on. Just take the next couple moments before we sing this next song. Just ask the Lord to just set you apart. Set your life on fire.
thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleasing, and I'm ever alone. You're your father is who you are, is who you are, is who you are, is who I am, is who I am, is who I am, you're a good, your father is who you are, is who you are, is who you are. focused on you, fixated on you. God, we are here for you to worship you, to go after you with, with complete, with our hearts completely on the altars, God. God, we're asking you to touch us today, to, to meet us here in this room, to speak into our lives. Oh, Lord, we are seeking for you. Just right now, without having to 
to look on the screen or, or just even have somebody tell you what to say to God. Right now, why don't you, in your own words, just start giving a song to God, a unique song to him. If you're new to this and you don't know what to say to him, you don't know how to sing to him, just go ahead and just, just say the things that he means to you. Oh, Lord, you are good and worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. You are so sweet to me, God. You're my hero, Lord. You're my deliverer, my rescuer, my strong tower. Oh, we're not coming to church just to come to church, God. We're coming to church to meet with you, Lord. We're coming to church to see you, God, to touch you, God, to feel you, Lord. your hands to him if you want to get on a knee get on your knee to him it doesn't doesn't matter if you want to lay on your face to him it doesn't matter right now Let's just take this moment just to acknowledge who he is in our lives he is a good good father and we are loved by him that he is a good, good father, that he would not leave us or forsake us, he would not abandon us, that he would love us, that he would come down, he would send his son, that he would impart us with his spirit. Jesus. If we can just sing that part one more time, of he's a good, good father. And just quietly. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. God, we're thanking you so much for being that good, good father. You're not like another God that you would lie. You're not like another God that you would fail us or that you would be lesser, but you are awesome and you are great, God. And so we thank you. We marvel at you, God. And we say to you, have your way, God. Have your way in our lives. We are yours completely. We are yours. We stand before you in all, God. We are yours. Oh, hallelujah, God, give you the highest praise and the highest glory, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, and everybody said, hallelujah, give him some glory. Ha, hallelujah. You can slap your neighbor high five and you may go back to your seats. And we're going to be dismissing the king's kids now. Hallelujah. 
It is my privilege to be able to share with you something that we do in this church, and we, we share the gospel every week, just in case somebody who is new hasn't, have, has not had the chance to, to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. My name is Pastor Ellie. I'm one of the, obviously the, one of the pastors on staff here. And if you have your Bibles, if not, you can look at the screen. Please go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. And this is what the word says. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. You see, I love this scripture verse because it, it teaches us something here. It teaches us that we can't earn our own salvation. It literally is a gift from God. And so there has to be something here. We have to understand that we need salvation. It's not like we're just going through this life and we're goody-two-shoes all the time and then we're just going to waltz into heaven and be like, yo, God, I own this place. It's not like that. We all understand something. We all understand that we have fallen short of the glory of God. We all know that we're not perfect people. We all know that when we come to church, we're saying, man, I need something. I need God. I need more than just what I'm, what I'm okay with. I, I want answers. I want to seek him. I want to actually hear him. I want to get to know him. So today, I want to make it very clear that everybody has fallen short of the glory of God. And it's the bad news because if we are not close to God, that means we're separated from God. And God is an eternal God. And so when we die, what happens with that separation? We're away from him eternally. That is what is known as hell. We choose what we do in this life. We're not at any point held by the puppet master strings. We're not at any point uh, being forced to do something that we don't want to do. We willfully separate, separate ourselves from God. And like I said, we can't save ourselves. We can't do it on our own. But the good news is that God sees us. God sees us when where we're at. He sees us in our brokenness. And when he sees us in that place, he says, you know what? I'm going to save them. I'm going to send my only begotten son, that he would die on the cross, that he would be buried in the tomb, and he would raise the third day so that they can conquer sin, so that they can have their sins eradicated on the cross, so they can live holy and free and have true salvation. It is by grace. God's grace is doing it. He sees every single one of us. He says, I want to lavish them with love. It is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, all you have to do is just say, God, I believe then. I believe that you did it for me. I believe that though I was deserving of hell, I believe that though I needed to go in that direction, I had no merit to go ahead and stand before you and say, I am guiltless. I believe it that you died on the cross for my sins. By grace, you have saved me a gift. It's just a gift to us. Just a gift. God lovingly says, here it is. I'll, I love you so much. You are my child. You can be with me. You are saved today. The Bible says that inside of us, our spirits get born again. We get transformed. We get renewed. Literally, we, our old creation, our old creature inside of us is done. We become new in the eyes of God. New blemish free this is the gift of God and this is the good news today if you have not been saved I implore you today to listen to the words that I just said and and really seek after God you don't want to wait 
30 years, 40 years. You don't have those things promised. You don't get a contract in the mail every day saying you're going to get the next day for, for, for sure. You don't get that. You don't get any type of assurance that you have another chance. God is the best thing that we can have in this life. He is the greatest love that we can know. He is a good, good father. And so today I implore you, seek God. Seek God while he may be found. If you will, please bow your heads. We'll just close our eyes and we'll just uh, pray. Lord, we, we're here today, God, and we need you to come to this place to soften hearts, to break the chains, any type of hindrance, any type of thing that is in the way right now, God, of people actually coming to you. Lord, we ask you right now that you would break those chains. God, I pray that you would open the minds of those in this room who have not received you, God, that you would just, just show how good you are, how your loving kindness is so awesome, what you did on the cross, your sacrifice, the greatest love that we could ever have. God, I pray today that real lives would get transformed, that people would be made new, that they would drop sins left and right, God, that they would say enough is enough. I'm tired of living this way. I want to live for you. I want to be reconciled with you. I want more of you. So, God, I, I pray today, God, that you would do that. Transform lives in this room. Only you can do it by your spirit, by your power, God. Only you can truly search within the hearts of those here, God, outside from the distractions, outside from other people's voices, God. Only you can search deep within the hearts of those, the souls within those here, God, and speak life. So today, God, I ask you that you would do that. Let your word be sharper than any double-edged sword. Let your word pierce between bone and marrow, between soul and spirit. Save those that are not saved here, God. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. You can please stand up now, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to do our confession of faith now. If you really, really felt right now that, that you want to give right with the Lord, then please, I ask you that you would come to Cynthia Rodan or Joselito, and they will pray with you during our fellowship time. If you need just to get closer to God, if you have backslidden, anything of that sort, just please go to them and they'll pray for you. They're here for you. We just like to have something like that. Now we're going to do our confession of faith. Our confession of faith is basically all the things that our church believes and we in unity say it together. It's a declaration every week. It's a, it's a great thing. We, we all hold through these things as fast as it's truths of the Bible. So on a count of three, let's repeat it. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Awesome. You guys are free to fellowship. Jesus, give your neighbor a high five. It's so good to see all of your beautiful faces. Thank you for joining us here at Metro Praise International. We want to welcome you all here, especially if it's your first time. Keep on coming back. Invite your friends and family. If you didn't receive one of these, our ushers will give some to you. This is kind of like our info packet. Our services here at MPI are every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. That's our family service where we have King's Kids for our children, infant to 11 years old. They're all back there right now learning about Jesus. And then we have Elevate every Friday at 7 p.m. for our teenagers. That's our Elevate Youth Service for ages 11 to 18 years old. If you have children in that age group, you want them to be here on Friday nights. This is the place for them to be. They're on fire. They're winning their friends to the Lord, changing their high schools. God is doing an awesome thing in our youth ministry. So let's clap it up for all of our youth leaders and our youth pastor. We're so thankful for what they're doing in the lives of our young people. They work very, very hard. We want to let you guys know about our Easter service. Somebody say abundant life. 
So we want you guys to join us for Easter this year, March 27th at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. We will be having a children's presentation that day as well, and also free family portraits for you and the for you and your family. So blow it up. We're going to be having flyers next week. We want to invite your friends and family, neighbors, coworkers, anybody off the street. Okay, pass them out like crazy. So we just want to blow it up for Jesus. Let the people know that. Christ died for them and that they should live for him. So we want to just make this such a special time. It's going to fit right into our next sermon series. And we're just so excited about learning about life and what God has for us. So let's say abundant life again. Abundant life. Amen. So our vision here at Metro Praise is loving God and loving people. We have a vision, a strategy, and a goal. How many of you guys like our vision? Loving God, loving people. It's simple. It's powerful. We must do it. Our strategy is to connect you, to mentor you, and to send you. The way that we connect you is through our life groups. We mentor you through our 101 and 201 books, and then we send you out to do evangelism to keep winning the lost. And then our goal through that is to have 100,000 disciples in the city with, five, with 50 churches and 500 around the world. If that gets you excited, say amen. You're not here by accident. God called you to be here, and that's what we're going to do together. Amen? Come on. So we want to connect you. Somebody say connect. Our life groups um, are, this is our schedule for our life groups. Uh, the schedule is in the, in the back of your handout. That's our schedule for the whole quarter. Find a place to belong. Look at your neighbor. Say, you're coming with me next time I go. So find a place. Get connected. Plug in. It's an awesome time. So many things happening throughout the week for you and for your children. So today we have it kicking off with our marriage group. Come on, married folk. Get excited. Child care is provided. We're meeting here at the church at 5 p.m. Ricky and Rachel Rivera head up that group. It's such an awesome time for married couples to just focus on their marriage, get encouraged, get some hands-on practical tools. So if you're married, we want you to be here today. Then on Wednesday, we have our King's Kids Life Group, infant to 11 years old. They meet here at the church every week at 6.30. If you have children, bring them here on Wednesdays. It's your responsibility as parents to get them here. We have Royal Rangers Boys Club, Impact Girls Club. It's an awesome time for them. Then Thursday, we have our gang outreach, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. Join them out there. And then every week, two adult Bible studies on Fridays. One is at the Govea, one is at the Vivid's house, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. Be there. They're going through the Truth Project right now. It's an awesome, powerful time. Invite your friends and your coworkers and join them there. Just a time to get together and fellowship throughout the week and really be encouraged in your walk with the Lord. Can I get an amen? All right, then we want to mentor you. We want to mention you through our 101 and 201 books. Our 101 book is called Welcome to Your New Life, and that is done one-on-one -on -one with one of our leaders. And our leaders are ready. They are ready to hunt you down. If you have not started the 101, they will be like piranhas, okay? If you let them, they will be like a piranha on you and not let you go until you kick them off of you or something because they want to do the 101 with you. So if you are new or you've been coming for a long time, get mentored. It's an important part of what God has called us to do here as a church. It's a part of your discipleship, growing in the Lord. So that is what 101 is, allowing a leader to come into your life to teach you the basics of Christianity and to grow in your faith so that one day you can graduate, get, the, get to the 201 class, Sunday mornings with Pastor Jared, Thursday nights with Pastor Ali, where we train you to be a leader. That's disciples that make disciples, where you will be trained to be like a, a Marine, okay? We want to send you out fully equipped, fully, just full of the Holy Ghost and just knowing who you are in Christ so that we could raise up leaders and then one day you could be ordained as a deacon. Who's excited about that? 
That's what we're all about, okay? And then we want to send you out, do evangelism on the streets every Saturday from 5 to 8. If you've never joined them, go and be with them. It is a powerful time of you sharing your faith, answering people's questions. Whether you know them or not, you're just simply there to tell them Jesus is the only way. they got to get right with God because if they don't, they won't make it to heaven. They're going to go to hell. And it is our responsibility to be that voice that warns people. We have to warn our city. So be there. Be, get encouraged and build up your faith with those awesome warriors for the Lord. So again, in a recap, MPI has a, a vision, a strategy, a goal. A vision of loving God, loving people. A strategy to connect you, mentor you, and send you out. And then a goal of 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. Let me get a hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're going to get into our tithing lesson today. Our lesson is found in the Disciples Giving Book. Before we go there, we just want to let you know that a tithe is 10% of your total income given to the church regularly, given to the Lord regularly. And that our offering is designated towards two areas, missions and building. We give uh, to various mission projects throughout the year. And then our building fund, as you guys know, is for our new band equipment. So we want to thank you so much for being generous and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what you're supposed to give. Our finances belong to the Lord, and that's through a relationship that we're able to give faithfully our tithes and our offerings. So let's look to our lesson today in the Disciples Giving Book. Lesson eight, the tithe must be a priority. Somebody say priority. The tithe is 10% of our total income given to God faithfully. We're going to be reading in Genesis 4, 2 through 5. You can follow along in the screen. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Here are the two main points from that scripture. Let's read it. Number one, Cain's gift was rejected because he waited too long to give it. Somebody say, uh-oh. The Bible records in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits. So because he did, because he did not make giving his priority and made it more like an afterthought, God did not favor him or bless him. So not only did he just do it after a while, some time had passed by, then he just kind of gave him whatever was left over. And we've learned that throughout these weeks. Number two, Abel's gift was accepted because it was his first. Abel made God, made giving to God a priority by giving God his firstborn animals. And that was probably the one, the most pleasing sacrifices that God could have received at that time. So it wasn't fruits and vegetables and meat type of thing. It was who gave God the best of what they had. So Abel was a shepherd. He worked with animals, so he gave God from the firstborn of his flock, and he did it in a good time. So that's what God wants to see in us with our tithes and offerings. We don't give him the leftover of the check, whatever we could afford after all of our bills are paid. It's right off the top, boom, this belongs to Jesus. Summary, God wants to be the first to receive from your hard work, not second or third. So let's apply this to our life. Number one, repent if you have not been making the tithe a priority. And two, make the habit of first giving God his tithe before you spend your money on anything else. And as you get closer to the Lord, you're going to grow in that area and you're going to trust God. Amen. Let's confess this over our life on the count of three. One, two, three. The tithe was implied with Cain and Abel, revealed to Abraham, established in the law of Moses, and is still relevant for today. It comes with a blessing and curse. It must be qualitative, a priority, and a faithful practice in our lives. 
the tithe advances the kingdom of God, tests our maturity, breaks the attitude of grief through obedience, is mandated for all, and brings us into partnership with God and his church. If you're excited to give to the Lord this morning, stand up to your feet as we prepare to give him our tithe and offerings. Again, our tithe is 10% of our total income given to him regularly. Our offerings go towards missions and building. And just a reminder, on the envelope, please put the exact amount of each category of where you want your monies to go. We want to thank you for joining and partnering with us for our building fund. This is to raise up the new band equipment, to build out the stage a little bit wider. So we just thank you for partnering with us in that. And let's recite this verse together. Oh, really quick, go back to that, that slide. I want to do the steps. If you haven't joined us yet, because we started this at, uh, at the beginning of the year, if you have not joined us to make a, uh, a commitment to the Lord about what to give for the building offering, we want you to pray, ask God what you should give, two, listen to the Holy Spirit, and three, give generously. So let's be obedient to the Lord in that. Here are four ways for you to give. Number one, in the bucket during the offering. Number two, in the wall-mounted drop boxes. Three, in the back with credit or debit card. You could actually see me today for that if you have any questions. And four, online with Chase QuickPay, PayPal, or BillPay at mpichurch.org forward slash giving. So awesome. So many different ways for you to give. Let's recite this together. Philippians 4.18, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness, Lord. And we as your church, we as your people today, we give you our first fruits. We give you our best. Receive the tithe. Receive the offering. I pray that we would uh, apply it, God, to, to meet the needs of the people in Chicago, to transform our nation, to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. I pray that you would multiply it in, in the church, that you would multiply it in people's lives. You would bless and prosper them. We thank you so much, God, that our needs are taken care of as we trust in you and put you first. And we will be careful, God, to give you the glory in Jesus name and everybody said amen and amen please come forward as you give and thank you so much for your generosity and for your support Right. How many ready to get it on with the devil? Let's go. Whoop, whoop. Are you guys ready to be some soldiers for the Lord? Come on. Any soldiers in the house this morning? 
Yeah. Amen. Open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Today is what I've been waiting to get to. After we've gone through the basics of the series here on spiritual warfare, I am ready for this message. How many of you, when we started the message series, spiritual warfare, you guys were ready for the armor of God message? Like you were just like, I'm ready to hear about that. Now I want to do a survey so everybody get to Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6. I want to know, once you get there, how many of you have ever heard a message on the armor of God. I'm want, I want to know. So if you've ever heard a message on the armor of God, would you raise your hand? Okay. If you have not heard a message preached in, in any church or, you know, or as a Christian online or anything, would you raise your hand if you have not heard it? So about, about a quarter of you have not. I'm so excited because it's going to be awesome. For those of you who have heard a message on the armor of God, I hope today that this is a great refresher for you and I can add some goodies to your insight. And then for those of you who have never heard it before, listen to me, this will transform your life. Really, this will transform your life. You are in a spiritual battle against the dark forces of the devil. Are you in Ephesians 6? Because I don't want you to think I'm making this up today. As we get ready, I'm so glad that you're here. And I want you to get ready because we're going to end today with a battle cry. We are going to end today getting filled with the Holy Spirit. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, given the fuego de Dios en el nombre de Jesucristo, today is your day. Today is your day because we want you to have all the weapons that Christ wants you to have. If you've heard us speaking in tongues here or you've seen spiritual gifts here, you're, you might be wondering, is that for me? Yes, it is. Don't just think we're crazy. Don't just think pastor is loco. No, we are here. We are ready to serve God. And let me tell you something, because some of you have been around a while and you're resistant to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you're like, oh, I, you know, I can be a Christian without it. Yes, you can. You can go to heaven without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't uh, get me wrong on that. Yes, you can. But I'll tell you what, you have a lot more fun or get in there if you get filled with the Holy Ghost. If you get the boom shakalaka, you'll have a lot more fun on your way to heaven. And I don't just mean fun like, woo, like taking a bubble bath fun, if that's fun for anybody. I don't just mean like six flags fun. I mean like purpose, power in your purpose fun. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not an optional upgrade, saints. It is a divine command. And that means when we seek after God and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it affects other areas of our life. Do you know that Pentecostals who are baptized with the Holy Spirit have less anxiety, less depression, less mental health issues than the body of Christ? Did you know that? That's not make-believe. That's neuroscience. Neuroscience. I, had, uh, I was in Trinity. That's where I take my doctoral classes. And one of these guys were, were talking to me, and I was telling him that I was Pentecostal. And he said, aren't some of your people, like, psychotic? Aren't some of them just religious fanatics? And I go, I go dude, not, not only do you not know what you're talking about, you don't even know what the Bible says. I mean, you're just way out there. But he thinks because we get excited and we get enthusiastic for God that maybe some of us here are crazy. Maybe we're local like the people riding the trains that urinate on themselves and talk to aliens. No, listen to me. Neuroscientists have hooked us up while we are speaking in tongues. We are not babbling and we are more at peace than those Buddhist monks you see chanting. And we are more at peace mentally, less brain activity, 
when we're speaking in tongues, then the monks of the, uh, the Catholic Church as well when they're meditating. So both Catholic monks and Buddhist monks have more of an active mind than when we do when we speak in tongues. And not only that, when we are speaking in tongues, it's a mystery to the neuroscience because it's not babble and it's not a language. And yet our brain is at peace. I am telling you, it is a mystery to this world, but it is the power of God in us. And then they did a survey of the Pentecostal people in the churches. How do they fare with mental health compared to the others that don't speak in tongues? Our Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterian brothers and sisters, whatever. We have less, like I said, mental health issues. Isn't that awesome? Because the Bible says that we renew our mind through the power of the Holy Spirit. So is, as we get into this message, I'm going to teach you about the armor of God, and then I'm going to say, here's the way that we can really stand in the mighty power of God. Because can I just show it to you real quick? Can I just preach before I preach? Can I preach before I preach? I'm so excited. Just go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I want to show this to you so you can see it and not just take my word for it. Because I want you to know where I'm going today. Today there's no tricks up my sleeve. We're going to learn about the armor of God. And I want to end with you guys getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. This is Jesus. Red letters. Red letters. Who's this speaking? Jesus, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And by the way, the Pentecostal church is the fastest growing church in the world. We're winning, amen. We are winning, praise God. You, when you see these things on Facebook where the Muslims see dreams of Christ at Mecca, that's Pentecostal people. Those are people getting filled with God's power. When you hear these testimonies online of, of an African man getting raised from the dead, these are Pentecostal people. These are people filled with the Holy Spirit. And where you're going to understand this, where Pentecost comes from, that word Pentecostal, it just comes from a Jewish day that they celebrated called Pentecost, okay? Now, everybody track with me here. In the Jewish calendar, they didn't have Christmas and Easter and these things, okay? There are two main ones that are around this time were called Passover and Pentecost. Now, this is what happened. Passover is where we celebrate Easter because that's where they would sacrifice the lamb. Then 50 days later, Pente, standing for 50 in their language, Pente would mean 50, then Pentecost would come, okay? And these were two major holidays to them. So Jesus was crucified at, at what festival what festival time Passover and right here you're going to see the Holy Spirit comes at what time the day of Pentecost okay now Jesus red letters here you will receive what power when the Holy Spirit comes on you now watch I'm gonna do a little dance right here here's my little Bible dance you guys ready for the Bible dance okay watch this you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty all right, so now you understand we need the power. Amen? If I just talk to you here all day, like let's say we were in a time of war and people were living in our country and invading us and taking over our land, and I just held up an M16 here and I said, boy, this has got some power, man. This can light off some rounds. This can, this can hurt somebody. And then at the end of the day, I just go, goodbye, and I don't give you one. You're going to get, you're going to get taken down by the enemy. Amen? So I'm, I'm sitting here talking today, you know, our whole message today is about power, standing in the power, having the armor of God on you. And if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you don't have the kind of power Jesus wanted you to have. Can I hear an amen? Red letters, Acts. This is after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. But you will receive what? 
power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, God wants us to spread his kingdom. And so as a part of spreading his kingdom, we need power. And that's going to help us in all other areas. Why? Let me just show you real quick before I go to the Acts and Pentecost. Go Matthew 6, 33. Everybody says the Bible dance. It's the Bible dance. Now listen, if you care about God's kingdom, if you care about God's kingdom, God cares about your kingdom or what you're building or what you're doing. So if you go, well, pastor, I'm not planning on witnessing very much, so what do I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit for? When your marriage starts falling apart, you're going to realize what you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit for. You see, when you seek first, look what Jesus, red letters again. Who's talking here, please? Thank you. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That means doing the right things. And what? All these things will be given to you as well. So when we hear that Jesus says, hey, Bubba, I want you, or hey, Flacco, I want you to be a witness, you better say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, but God, but I'm supposed to be a baker, a candlestick maker. Yeah, but you better be my witness first. You better seek first my kingdom first. You better have my power on the inside. Because life's not just about candles and baking and, and food and, 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 and commerce and whatever else we do in life. Even, even what I do, writing. No, the, the, the life we live is about the kingdom of God. All of these things will pass one day, but Jesus remains. So he's trying to say, bring the kingdom of God to your job. Bring the kingdom of God to your workplace, to your community. Hello. And you're supposed to do it baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, you all see that you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. When, you're, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you're going to receive what? Somebody say, I got the power. Amen. Help me preach somebody. Now, look at Acts. Look at Acts chapter 2, moving on down. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. These are the disciples doing what Jesus said. Don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Then suddenly came a sound like that of a blowing violent wind from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They, seemed, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to to what? Speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. How many want the power of God? I'm telling you, it may not sound like that, but I don't care. I'm excited. I'm just, I'm just getting excited. Boom shakalaka. Come on, can you just hear that? Boom shakalaka shakalaka. Boom shak. And then the and then the tongues of fire coming down. And they're like, getting it. That's Peter right there. How many saw the Pope lose his temper this week? That's why the Pope ain't saved. No, I'm kidding. I lose my temper. I'm still saved. But listen, the Pope needs to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Donald Trump needs to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. You need to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Hillary Clinton, every person you know needs to get the boom shakalaka. Power, power. We are spiritual beings, y'all. Now just ask yourself, do you think, think you're going to win against the devil without all the power of God. No, you need all that God told you you needed. If you want to fight the devil and win, if we want to see our city free from evil, we better get filled with the Holy Spirit. 
You're not going to scare him by putting more politicians in office. Hello. You're not, some of them are already bought and paid for by him, right? Come on. You're not going to scare him by putting in more police officers. God bless our police officers. Pray for our politicians. But the only thing that will put the devil on the run is the Holy Spirit. I believe there's a real devil. I believe there's a real attack against us. I believe that he is throwing everything at us in these last days. And we need to stand on God's word. And we need to say, God, whatever you have for me, I want it. So look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. You all ready for the message? Amen. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now that's Ephesians chapter 6. I ain't even ready to go on yet. I ain't even ready. Somebody say, preacher, preacher. Let me just go right here. Go back to, I believe it's Ephesians chapter 3, because the Ephesians says before this in chapter 6, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. How many want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Amen. Let's go right here. Let me find it. Ephesians. Whoever can find it first will get a mint. Who can find it first? Don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Might be Ephesians chapter 4. I just want you to see it because it's building a point. You remember he says finally? The finally is there because he's been building a point. Here we go. I'm, I'm feeling it's getting close. There it is. I was at 5-4. I felt it. I did. I, I, I didn't really know how close I was, but I felt I was getting close. Now look at this. Look at this. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be what? Filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now let me just go here, super saints, because I can put multiple verses up here. That's why I love this program. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Look at it again and tell me if it makes sense. But you will receive power when what? The Holy Spirit comes on you, and so you are to be filled with the what? Holy Spirit, you're not just supposed to be filled with uh, Hennessy. You're not supposed to just be filled with Patron, amen. You can drink in moderation if you want, but all of those of us who have drunken before have, got, ha have gotten drunk, you thought you were going to feel better. It, it was having fun at the party, but the more you drunk, the worse you got, right? And so you can only drink in moderation. But, but Jesus says, come and drink of the Holy Spirit as much as you want. Amen. Get filled and filled and filled and filled, amen. Because this is the wine of heaven in another place the Bible talks about that. So here we see clearly Ephesians chapter 6 is obviously after Ephesians chapter 5. And Ephesians chapter 5 said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You want an experience, don't go drunk and go get looking for it. Uh, you know, and by the way, this is what they thought happened to them in Acts chapter 2. They thought they were drunk because the experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit sometimes in church will have what it looks like to other people, you being drunk, because it's an overcoming power. It's a force. Now, alcohol makes you look like a fool, has you do dumb things, but the power of God will have you say the right things and do the right things. It empowers you. See, look right here. See, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean, some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. And then Peter stood up. Who stood up, y'all? Peter stood up, the one who had denied Christ, the one that was afraid before to a little girl. Now he's filled with the power of God. He stands up and says, fellow Jews, all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. These people aren't drunk like you suppose. It's only 9 in the morning. No, this is what the prophet Joel said. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on how many people? Ah, all people. 
Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. How many want an outpouring of the Holy Spirit today? How many want to be filled and filled and filled with the Spirit? That's what we're standing in today. That's what he says. Finally, finally, after I've told you all of this, I start, let's just talk about Paul for a minute. He started off in Ephesians chapter 1 saying that you are seated in Christ in heavenly places. You have been saved, redeemed, blood bought, hallelujah. He then goes on to chapter 2, says you're saved by grace, not by works. And then in chapters 3 and 4, he lays out what the Christian life looks like. He says take off the bad, put on the new, like you're literally changing clothes. And then in Ephesians 5, he says, don't get drunk off wine. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. He gives us the order of husbands and wives and family and children. And then right here in Ephesians chapter 6, he said, finally, y'all ready to get bout it, bout it? You're saved. You're sanctified. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. Your marriage is on point. Your family's on point. Let's get out and whoop the devil. Let's go out and take him down. Amen? In Jesus' name. Finally. Are you all ready for the message? Come on. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I want to see everybody here today. Please hear me. I want to see everybody here today that is not baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues like Peter and the disciples. I want to have you meet us up here today so that we can lay hands on you as they did and that you would hear the sound of heaven and feel the power of God rushing through you like a mighty wind. Because then you can put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He's a scheming devil. He's got so many schemes. And see, the schemes that work on you may not work on me. I'm being honest with you. Let's, let, let's just have Marcel stand up. Come on, Marcel. Let's give it up for him as he stands. He's bulking up right now. He's bulking up. He's going to be shredding up. Go ahead and just do a little curtsy, turn around a little bit. Amen. Amen. See, I don't get tempted by them. You see, thank you, sir. You may grab a seat. I don't get tempted by that. The devil can't scheme on me like that. The devil can't say to me, oh, look at Marcel. Look at him, Joe. Look at him. I'm just going to say, devil, what do, you, what do you want me to look at? That's a man. Now, I'm being serious. There are, same, there are some people that, that struggle with same-sex attraction. And when Marcel stood up, it's like, whoo, whoo. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to put women here on the spot, but obviously mine is the opposite sex attraction. And if I don't guard my heart when women come around me and women are dressed in a certain way, the devil can come to me and say, psst, 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 look at that. See, the devil be scheming on all of us in different ways. He knows just what bait to bring out to you. See, imagine like when you're on a diet. See, all of us here, we're probably still trying to lose weight from our New Year's resolution. If we sat down and ate, there would be different temptation for all of us. See, if you put a chocolate cake in front of me and drizzled chocolate, I, you know, chocolate toppings, and then put chocolate in the middle, just whatever. I mean, you put chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to say, that is not tempting me at all. Like, I don't even care. I don't even care about that. But, like, we went to my sister's birthday, uh, no, her uh, baby shower yesterday for her first child, and, I go, and they have a candy bar. And I'm like, oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> though, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death or whatever, Lord, help me with, you know, these cow tails. Those are like my favorite candy. These, these little, like, nerds and stuff. I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. 
And some of you would not even be tempted by that. Some of you would not be tempted by either one of those things. But if we, like, set a stake in front of you, your lip would start quivering. How many points do I got left? How many points? Can I, can I eat it? Help me, Jesus. And then for others, it's neither one of those. It's carbs. It's McDonald's French fries. It's potatoes. It's, you know, it's things that are carbolicious, right? Because the devil, like a diet, schemes and tempts us in the areas that we have our desires. And so we all have to stand our ground. I need to stand my ground against a temptation to cheat on my wife, right? Where is, you, where is your ground? Where are you standing? Next week we'll talk more about that specifically. But today I want to get into the armor. But I want you to hear that. Where is the ground you're standing on? What are you standing for? Some of you, you know, if you walk by somebody smoking, you're just like, oh, my gosh, they should make that illegal. I hate the smell of that. But somebody else walks by smell of smoke. Oh, I want some. Oh, my goodness, I want to smoke again. Help me, man. Marlboro, man. Come on. Right? We're, we're thinking that that's what it is. For, for, I'm serious. For some of you, it's TV. You know, you just, you just, you got to watch this show. You know, for some of you, it's what you're doing online. You know, you, you get addicted to certain things. And for other people, it don't even matter. See, but the devil, he's scheming. And we need to be aware of what our temptations are. That's why we need to be honest before God. That's why the Bible says confess and be honest before the Lord. So if I'm weak when it comes to the sexual temptation of, of women, I'm going to keep confessing that to my wife so that I stay far away from the line. So let, let's say my happy marriage is right here. This is where happy marriage is, you know, living on this little carpet. And right here is where I start to lust. And here's where I start to have fantasies. And then here's where I start to play around on the internet. Here's where I start going to the bar by myself looking for a hookup or going on whatever one of them things are. Not Grindr because that's for dudes. What's the, what's the app that you can find? What's it called? I'm glad you all don't know it. Anyways, we'll just move on by. Some of you are like, I know it, but I don't want to shout it out right now. Because they have websites you can do this crazy stuff. You can hook up. You can be like, I don't, you can be like I'm a married man. I want to hook up. And there's going to be somebody that's going to hook up with you, right? And so, you, boom, you can go right there to the affair. But did the affair start overnight? Did the affair just happen like that? No, what happened was you left the place you were supposed to stand on. You left that place where you were supposed to fight. This is where the battle was supposed to be fought, over your mind, over the purity of your heart, amen? And I can say, when I look at my sisters here, they're like sisters from another mister. I look at them as I would look at my own sister. I want to respect you and honor you. Amen? And, and that's why God has kept me pure from pornography and those things for over uh, almost 20 years now. And I, and I thank the Lord for that. And so look at this. Put on the full armor of God so that you, look at your neighbor, say, so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. Amen. For our struggle, look at this, is not against flesh and blood. It's not just against the people we're seeing. It's not their issue primarily. We may have to deal with them in some ways, but primarily it's not the problem with the stripper. It's the dude who's going to the stripper and has lust in his heart. The problem isn't the, uh, what, what, what are they called, Bengali? What's that new vehicle called? Bugatti. The Bugatti's not the problem. It's the person who's lusting after Bugatti and rapping about it, right? The diamond ring is not the problem, amen, ladies? It's the one in the heart that lusts after that. You can desire it in purity, but if you go after it in greed or in other ways, the things of this world can quickly turn dark and evil on you. 
And that's why you got to understand, it's not the flesh and blood, it's in your heart. This is where you're fighting, and the devil knows that, and so he's trying to take you down. So it's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. And those are four kinds of attacks that the devil throws against the human race. Rulers, authorities, powers, and spiritual forces. The ones that we will primarily deal with are spiritual forces. These are the foot soldiers of the devil coming to attack us personally. Look at now verse 13. Therefore, everybody say therefore. therefore. Put on the full armor of God. He repeats it again that you may be able to stand in the day of evil. Excuse me, so that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. Look at how many times it says stand there. Stand. Everybody say stand. Come on, stand your ground. Stand for your marriage. Stand and fight for your purity. Don't you want to be pure? Amen? Are you tired of losing the battle against depression? Are you tired of losing the battle against anxiety and fear? Are you tired of losing the battle against bitterness, anger, deceit, hatred? How many are tired of losing battles like that? I want to win. I want to stand in victory. I want to stand in the peace of God. I want a pure mind. Hallelujah. I want a marriage that lasts. Praise God. Come to the marriage life group tonight to learn how to stand your ground some more. And after you've done everything to stand, verse 14, stand then. Now he's going to name it out. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. How many arrows? All of them. There is not one arrow that you will be assaulted with by the devil that the shield of faith can not protect you from. God doesn't want you or me to suffer one arrow's injury. Not one. And we'll talk about what those mean in just a minute. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then get it on. Amen? I want you guys to see this laid out clearly. I'm going to teach it now. Have I preached it enough? I'll maybe get back to preaching in a minute, but let me teach it now. Let's look at these things that, uh, that Paul lays out. There are six things that we need as we put on the full armor of God. The first one is the belt of truth. How many like to wear a belt? Holds up your pants. If you don't like a belt, that's okay. But then this in the army, you need belts. They hold up, you know, your other kinds of weapons. They 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 are aware a place for you to holster things. It was the same thing for these guys back in the day. He's primarily looking probably at a Roman soldier, Paul here, and asking us to look at this soldier as a soldier of Christ and an example here. So, what is the belt of truth that we have to put on? The belt of truth is Jesus's teachings and commands. How do we know that? Let's turn to John eight. 31. Let's work the words. Somebody say, work it. I want to show you in the Word of God where these are applied. John 8, 31. I will be moving fast, though, because I want to get to the exciting part at the end. Well, this is exciting, but you know what I'm talking about. The most excitingest part at the end. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the, and the truth will Set you free. Thank you. So when we look at the belt of truth, it is literally Jesus' teachings. We are centering our lives like a belt centers our pants and holds them up and centers the other things that we put on. Sometimes the breastplate could attach to the belt to keep it centered there. Otherwise, it would be flapping up. We have to center our lives on Jesus' truth. We have to protect our vital organs with the truth of God. And that is Jesus' teachings. 
So pull up your spiritual pants and put on the truth of God. Don't believe a lie. No matter who tells you the lie. Now, if somebody comes to you looking all sinister and says, oh, I, I've got a watch to sell you. This is a, you know, this is a Rolex, you know. You're going to be like, that's a lie, right? You're, you're going to know that's a lie. But if, if Aunt Mima comes to you and says, here's, here's the mother of Guadalupe, pray to her, that's a lie too. Does everybody get it? It doesn't matter if nice people tell lies, they're still lies. It's not true. Praying to the mother, praying to the mother of Guadalupe will not do what, the, what the, the pope or the priest said it will do. Don't believe a lie. What, what other, if I told you, guys, listen to me. If I told you, give me $1,000 and you'll make $10,000 this month, that's a lie. Don't listen to shady televangelists trying to sell you holy water. Put on the truth of God. If you can't find it in the Bible, don't do it. If, if you don't see it taught in the Bible, don't do it. Astrology, lie, you know, oh, you're an heiress or whatever these names are. Someone spoke it to me yesterday about my children. You know, my mother-in-law stopped them quick. It was like, we don't believe that. We believe in Jesus. He created the stars. Amen. That's all that matters. That's all that matters, okay? And so the point is don't believe lies. Put on the truth. Boom. Next one, breastplate of righteousness. Just covering your chest, covering more of these vital organs, some of the most important, like your heart and your lungs. What is the breastplate of righteousness? It is the righteousness of Christ imputed to you or given to you at salvation. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. How many believe you're righteous in Christ Jesus? This is where you can't go walking around calling yourself a sinner all the time. If you are really a sinner, then become a saint. Be born again. Okay, because sinners go to hell, saints go to heaven. Sinners can't go to heaven unless they're born again and become a saint. But there will be no one identified as a sinner allowed to stay in heaven. Does everybody get that? So if you keep saying, oh, woe is me, oh, I'm a sinner, I can never live right for God, nobody's perfect, blah, blah, blah. Well, you're going to get exactly what you want, and that's sin, and that's the penalty of a sinner, and that's hell. You don't want hell. Does anybody here want hell? You don't want hell. I don't want hell. We all want to go to heaven. We want to please God. Well, do we make ourselves righteous by going to the gym of good works? Think about this. I talked about it last week, but a lot of us here are going to the gym now losing weight, right? And, and, and most of us will never lose more than a few pounds a week, and that's healthy weight loss, right? It's just the way it is. If you're dropping more than that, you're either an extreme athlete or you're extremely crazy, okay? If you had to get the gastric bypass, that's another story. We, we love you. We're praying for you to make it through that okay. But I'm talking about just people without a gastric bypass. Dude, if you're losing more than a few pounds a week, you're going to probably regret that. Because if you're losing that much, you're going to probably put it back on. They say healthy weight loss is just a few pounds every week because you're developing a lifestyle. Are you with me? And it, and it may be a little bit more. And it may be, you know, at times 10 pounds, whatever. But listen, this is healthy weight loss. Be encouraged. All of you all losing ones and twos and three pounds a week. Amen. Because that's, that's a normal way. But hold on. Is that how we get saved? Is that how we become righteous? Does Jesus see us outside of the gym with our little puppy dog eyes? And he goes, you're on your way to hell and nobody loves you, but I'll let you come into the gym of good works. And then he gives us a little gym membership. We swipe the card. We come in. And we're pretty much still a sinner like we were before. But now we're going to spiritually lose weight. And every week maybe we'll change a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a pound here, a pound there. We'll get on the, the, the treadmill of, uh, you know, going to church. And then we'll, we'll do the gym weights of life groups or whatever, and we'll do all these religious things, and then one day when we die, Jesus is going to go, here you go, you're righteous. Is that how it works? No. 
Literally, if you look at it in the fitness world, it is literally you coming in there totally out of weight, Jesus saving you and redeeming you, looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger day one. Boom. Righteous. Now, you may say, Pastor, that's too good to be true. No, it is so good it has to be true. Because why would Jesus lie to us? Why would Jesus lie to us? Look at what Paul said. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. This man was perfect, Christ. He became sin for who? Us. Who did he become sin for? Us. That's everybody. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So before we were saved, did we have any righteousness? Nope. And did Jesus, before he went to the cross, have any sin? Nope. When Jesus went to the cross, did he take everybody's sin? Was there any sin that he didn't take? No. And if we accept him, is there any sin that's left in our lives? No, we are fully righteous. I love to say it like this. As much as we were without righteousness when we were sinners is as much as we are without sin as we are saints. That's what the Bible teaches. And you may say, well, Pastor, what if I do sin? You need to be quick to repent, to continue to guard that holiness, that perfection which Christ has given you. When you clean your house and you a little bit gets dirty, do you tear the whole thing down and start over again? Hello. Let's just think about that. If you got a house and a little mud gets on the floor, do you blow the whole thing up and say, let's start again? No, you just clean up the mud where it's at. Christ made you a new creation. When your feet get dirty, as we've learned, when he said he washed the feet as a symbol, when our feet get dirty, when we walk in the ways of this world, he is, we should be quick to repent, and he will be quick to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Somebody say all unrighteousness. Can I show you that in the Bible? Just because I don't know if some of y'all believe me. Do I just hear little crazy thoughts in my head, or are some of these thoughts coming from your heart to my heart via the Holy Spirit? Boom, boom, you got mail. What are they saying, Holy Spirit? Joe, they're not believing that when they confess their sins, they're cleansed of all unrighteousness. They still think they're unrighteous. Okay, Holy Spirit, that's literally how it feels sometimes as a pastor. But I'm not crazy, amen? That's not crazy. Everybody look at 1 John 1 verse 9. Look at 1 John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and what? Just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all how much unrighteousness? All unrighteousness. So if you come today and confess your sins, how much unrighteousness are you going to walk out here with? None. How much is going to be forgiven? Let's say it that way, right? If you come up and confess your sins, how much of your unrighteousness will be forgiven? How much of it will be cleansed? All of it, all of it, continuing on the same thought. Look at what he says. He says, my dear children, I write this to you that you will not sin. Don't track mud into your spiritual life. Don't walk in the ways of the world. But if anyone does, now being a saint, perfect and holy in Christ, we have an advocate, the Father, Jesus Christ, the what one? The righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only ours, but for the whole world. So do you want to be purified? Do you want to be without sin? Confess your sins, and you will be made holy. Amen? So put on that breastplate of righteousness. Put it on and say, by Christ's death on the cross, he took my sins and made me righteous. He made me right with God. Now I can do what God has asked me to do. If I instantly gave you the body of Arnold Schwarzenegger, you could lift Arnold Schwarzenegger's size weights, couldn't you? If I gave you instantly, or if Christ gives you instantly the righteousness of God, you can do the righteous things of God, can't you? 
you can run it. You can run a mile now. For, just take it in, in weight loss, just because I know it's not the same in a lot of ways. But watch. Now that the weight's off me, even like when I go to the mall, because you know I got dropped my wife off with all her stuff, and it's it's cool because she gets to scoot around the mall now. It's really fun. But the crazy part about that is, is I got to park a long way away and walk all by myself. And so when I walk all by myself, literally, I, everybody look up at me, those who are wanting to achieve your weight loss goals and dreams and fantasies. It just comes into my mind, why not run? And I'm like way off somewhere like in the Schaumburg parking lot mall, you know what I'm talking about, the Woodfield Mall. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, Oh, my gosh. It don't feel like it used to. Oh, my God. I kind of like it. Oh, my goodness. And I'm running. And literally, it, I'm just telling you, as a, as a person who was a little bit thick, as a por- person who used to be a little bit portly, I didn't like to run. Like running, like remember I told you, running is only when somebody is chasing me. So if you see me run, you start running because somebody's after me. Okay? But no, seriously, it's just my, my habit changed. Why not run? Like that never came into my mind. Why not run in the parking lot to the front door? But it came to my mind, and it actually worked. That's what God's righteousness does on the inside of you. Why not forgive them? Woo, where'd that come from? The righteousness of Christ. You know, because you don't want to forgive, but God inside of you wants to forgive, and he changes you. He makes you desire the things that he desires. The reason why I stopped desiring, stopped desiring sin wasn't because I went to some, you know, 12-week class and learned 12 steps to being free. No, Jesus instantly changed my desires, and when I could hear the whisper of his spirit, how many know God will come sometimes speak to you in a still, small voice? Like you can, if you just calm yourself down in the middle of temptation, he will provide a way out. I started hearing the Lord just guide me out of those things because my desires were different. Can I hear an amen? amen. How many got some new desires? That's what the Bible says will change your heart. Now look at this. The shoes of the gospel of peace. These are the shoes that represent the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It is what guides us and takes us everywhere we go and gives us the ability to stand our ground. I am standing in the authority of the gospel when I fight against the devil. That Jesus died for me. So when the devil reminds me of my past, I remind him of his future, right? And that's how you will stand. So in your most temptation and the most discouraging times of your life, in the trials and the tests that you face, what is going to give you that stability is you knowing Jesus died on the cross for you. If it would have been just you as a sinner, Jesus would have died for you. He loves you. He cares for you. And you can be what? At peace with God. You can have Irene, Irene in the Greek, without turmoil, without without struggle, you can be at ease and at peace with God. And sometimes you'll go, I don't, even, I don't even understand how God can help me through this situation. It's so hard. And let's just be real. Like, like imagine you've lost a loved one and you're like, where's God's peace in this? How am I going to make it? You know what he says? He says in Philippians, he'll give you peace beyond your understanding. You'll say, man, I don't know how it's happening, but I know God is doing it. I am at peace. And you talk to many people who have gone through life struggles. They'll say, you know what? It's not that I just prayed more or went to church more. It's that I just trusted God more, and he brought peace beyond my understanding. And then the gospel, the shoes, will take you places. So you'll see where you are in your job. You'll see where you are is because of the gospel. Because of the gospel, if you're going to be a great, you know, store owner and, and, you know, we have people that own a great deli, see Nini's Deli whenever you can during the week for some Cubano sandwiches, amen. If, if you go there, you know what they're standing in? They're standing in the gospel. 
They're standing in the peace of God. They're standing in what Christ has done for them. So if you go see, uh, I always like Daryl to share his story as well. If you go see him out engineering, he is standing in the gospel. If you go and see Berto, who's working with special needs uh, 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 patients and uh, people who are just working in their everyday life, and I love seeing those kinds of things, you know. Like if you go to the grocery store and you see someone with special needs bagging groceries, you better tell them Jesus loves them. Amen. We have someone like that at my gym, too. I love to talk to him. And so he's there empowering these people. He's there with the gospel. Now, other people may be doing the same action you're doing and not give a hoot about the gospel, but that doesn't change what you're there for. You see, we, we, we talked about this before. The, the guy who scores the touchdown and takes a knee and the guy who scores a touchdown and does his little boogie boogie dance, it, it, the point is that, yeah, they, it, the world sees the point as they both made a touchdown, but the one who takes his knee says, I couldn't make a touchdown without Jesus, and the reward he gets lasts longer than that game. He has an eternal reward. So people on your job may be making money and doing stuff just like you, but when you say, I'm there because of the gospel of peace, I'm being there to represent Jesus and do all things as unto the Lord, not only are you getting the temporary benefit of a paycheck, you are pleasing your heavenly Father in heaven. Amen? Put on the right shoes. The next thing, the shield of faith. The shield of faith, obviously, is the faith that we have in God's word, in the belt of truth, like those things that Jesus is teaching us to hold up our life. Now, this is the thing we put our faith in against the attacks of the enemy. Now, this is where we have to go into understanding the attacks of the enemy. Remember we read up in this verse prior here that we, we have the shield of faith to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Does everybody see that? So what are the arrows of the evil one? The thoughts and attacks against our mind, primarily that's where it's at. Because think about it, guys. Why is it one person can go through a traumatic situation in life and make it through and the other one cannot? Think about it. It's the difference of the mind. Just think about it. Come on, let's just be honest with ourselves. So there was like a 16-year-old young person um, that committed suicide just a few weeks ago. Someone in our church is, is re related to them. And they commit suicide. Now, why did they commit suicide as opposed to all of us when we were 16 and we had problems? You see, it was a difference of their mind. Now, some of them may have mental illness and God have mercy on them. Some of them may be on strong narcotics, and I believe God is compassionate because a lot of these nar narcotics are dangerous. But hear me, just, just think it just straight out like this. You have a man like, you know, um, the funny guy, Robin Williams, and then you have another man, right? They, you look at one man's life, one commits suicide, one doesn't. Now, let's say the man who doesn't. I've met men who have been abused by relatives growing up sexually. I, I've met men who have had their wives cheat on them, right? I've met men who have gone to war and all of these things, and yet they won't commit suicide, and yet there's somebody over here that, that's making millions of dollars, and we don't know his life story either, but I'm just saying, who does? Well, what is the difference going to be? It's not the problem. The problem is not the difference because there are some people who went through the Holocaust, that, that, that dreadful time, and, and who felt the same way. They, some were killing themselves. Others became greater in strength and, and, and found their faith. Are you listening? And so when you look at your life, you can't blame the problem for the mindset that you have. Because the mindset does not have, uh, or the problem does not have the authority to change your mindset. You give the authority to what becomes your meditation, to what becomes your thought. There are people who have gone through what you are going through and more and who are victorious. And there are people who have gone through less than what you're going through and have already given up. Hello? See, so what makes the difference? 
It, the difference is your mindset. Now, here's the benefit of the Christian. The Christian does not just fight with their own words, their own shield. Though that is helpful against the devil, so let's say the devil says to this 16-year-old, and, you know, it says you're a loser, nobody loves you, your girlfriend broke up with you, life is over, right? And let's say he has no scriptural basis, but he just goes, ah, you know, I'm special. You know, my mom loves me. I have a purpose in life. Even though he has not quoted chapter and verse of the Bible, the very thing that gave him hope, and let's say he now pushes through that because many teenagers have pushed through despair, amen, I feel like I was one of them. I wasn't necessarily suicidal, but I was crazy. I was on drugs. I was throwing my life away, right? Well, even though he doesn't say the chapter and verse of God's word, the devil recognizes that he's starting to stand on something that is true, that he does have a plan and a purpose, that someone loves him. But now watch the benefit of the Christian because that's all the world can tell you to say. It's just that you're a special person. Look at yourself in the mirror. But the Christian now puts up the shield of faith and says, God says I'm a special person. See, that settles it. It's not just a matter of opinion now because I could argue with myself and say I'm special. No, I'm not. And then it's like, which side of me wins? No, but when we say the word of God, when we say I am fearfully and wonderfully made, when we say say that God so loved me that he sent Jesus to die on the cross. How, how many of you are part of the world? Amen. So you can say Jesus so loved me, you know, and he came to die, etc. You are now extinguishing. Listen to that word. Extinguishing all, not some. See, only some can we do on our own. But all are extinguished with the shield of faith. And that's what I'm going to be sharing a little bit today before we go. And then we put on the helmet of salvation. Let me just show you faith. Can I, should I show you faith in the Bible real quick? How many would like to have more faith? That's a good thing to ask, right? But do you know that you can have it? You can have it right now. This is not a prayer that you have to wait to be answered. You can have more faith right now. Turn to Romans 10, 17. Here's how we have faith. If you've ever lost faith, and I don't want to have you raise your hand, but let's be honest, people have lost faith. Some people here have lost it. You can get faith back. You can get faith back. You can be encouraged. You can have it. My little thing's messing up, but let me just try one more time before I have you guys do it. Romans 10, 17. It's not working. Can you put it up, please? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the word of God or the word of Christ. Consequently, faith comes by hearing the, the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Those of you who have learned it in the King James, here we go. Uh, whoa, that's the wrong one here. Let me see here. Let's see. King James here. Yeah, put it right here. Put the scripture right in here. Put that. Let me see if I can do it. Romans. Yeah, put Romans 10. 11. I want to show you in different translations up here. Romans 10, 17. Watch this right here. Thank you, sir. Look at this right here. How many learned this in the King James? It says right here, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I'm hearing the word of God, what's coming? What's coming to you right now? Because you're hearing the word of God. Amen. So when your faith seems to be getting weak and some of them arrows are slipping by your shield of faith and you're taking some to the chest and now the righteousness is being challenged. Oh, y'all ain't even ready for the message. Y'all ain't even ready. Listen, oh, I can't even preach it right now, but I got to just build this up. If you're hearing the word of God, what is coming? If you're not hearing the word of God, what is leaving? See, there it is. So do you feel like arrows are getting past you? Maybe I should get into, no, I can't. I can't. I got a way that the Lord put this in my heart, but I got to come back to it. Okay. Now watch this. I'm just excited. 
Oh, Lord, help me temper my spirit. Because the Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Amen? Because God gave me a plan. And I, he can change the plan, but I really feel this is a great way to, to do the service today. And the last thing is our one weapon. Now, of course, if you're a beast like they are in the 300, you can use your shield as a weapon, dish, 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 you know, and put somebody down. You can use the gospel of peace to kick the devil in the butt. But the one weapon that extinguishes that, I mean, that rather that exterminates the enemy himself is the sword of the Spirit. And the sword of the Spirit, we know, is the Word of God. And the Word of God combats those thoughts that the devil is sending against us as arrows and literally takes out the demon itself, takes out the spiritual forces. Do you all believe the Bible? Do you think the Bible is more real than Star Wars? Or do you think I'm just talking to you like Star Wars stuff today? The lightsaber will take down the whatever, you know. Listen, you have a sword. Your shield is blocking the arrows, but now the sword conquers, conquers these guys right here. These rulers, authorities, powers, and spiritual forces. I want to see when we get to heaven what it looked like when we prayed and did battle. Man, you want to talk about some sci-fi stuff, right? I mean, you can just imagine while you're praying, you know, Jesus, I pray that you will set me free from these thoughts of pornography, Lord. I pray that you'll heal my heart from bitterness. And you can just see, you know, like these shields taking on these arrows. And then all of a sudden, like, you just start to have faith and you believe the word of God. I am who God said I am. I am holy. I'm an overcomer. And then you can just see, ah, like right through the devil, like through some little demon. And then, And then that's when you start praising God. You ever felt like praising God in your prayer times? You get excited in your prayer times. Something just happened. You got free. Amen. Break through. Amen. The gates of hell did not prevail. I'm excited about Jesus. I believe the Bible today. Amen. And so we got this sword of the Spirit. And let me just show you a, a few verses on that. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Let's see if I can work it now. See the word of God battling against your thoughts. Okay, 1 Peter chapter 2, 11 is good, sir. And put it on the NIV, the far left one. When we are being attacked, it is not to be just defensive, defending ourselves. The armor is not just to make us defensive. We have a sword to go on the attack. Look at this. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles. This is not just talking about like, because the Jewish people were spread out across the world at this time. That's not just talking about that. He's talking about us as Christians. You are an ambassador of Christ, a citizen of heaven, and on this earth you are a foreigner. Did you know when you got born again your citizenship changed? Hello, somebody. You are a citizen of heaven. The rest of the time you spend here, you are as an ambassador of Christ to whoop the devil. That's why he didn't take us to heaven right when we got born again. He left us here to do what? To build his church against which the gates of hell shall not prevail, and they have power over the enemy, over scorpions and serpents, as he said. Look at this. It says, Dear friend, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. You're in a war for your soul. So what do you fight back with? You fight back with the Word of God. And let me just scroll down. How many love the Word of God? You can read this passage here if you're getting excited about it. It talks about him bearing all of our sins. But look at this here as we get to it, all these things that, that uh, he teaches us. And then he gives us the word. Of, just find it for me where it says the word of God is, um, 
is going to remain forever planted in our hearts. Find that. I believe it's in chapter 1. As he's turning there, I want you to hear this today. The word of God is powerful. If I have ever been set free from anything, it's by the word of God. If you are today here set free from anything, it's by the word of God. If you are needing to be set free by any, uh, from anything, it's going to only come from the word of God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, what I believe does, is makes the word of God sharp and active in our souls. The Bible says it is. It's sharp and active, able to divide from soul and spirit. And I believe what gives us that power is that, that baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's why I believe he said to do it and to be his witnesses. Because as we're preaching the word of God, it's powerful to the hearers. It won't come back void. And as we're speaking it over our lives, we are a witness of the truth. So watch. He said, I, I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, we read that in Acts, so that you may be my witnesses, right? And so that witness is taking the gospel of peace everywhere we go. But how many know sometimes you've got to witness to yourself? You've got to speak the word to yourself. I want to challenge you in your greatest times of temptation. These are the same ones that I get as well. We, 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 uh, we may not all get them the same way, but we all get tempted in a certain way, right? How many of you know we all get tempted by the devil in extreme ways? We all may not have the same kind of extreme temptation, but how many know it's going to be rough for me just as it is for you? Okay, now look at what the Bible says. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. That's why that sword of the Spirit conquers the enemy. The enemy's test cannot outdo the word of God. They cannot outlast the word of God. The, and here's another thing that will blow your mind if you just think about it. The temptations of the devil are lies. They're lies. They're not even true. It's like, imagine, imagine you going through a tunnel and you're on a train and then people start saying, it's going to crash, it's going to crash. Jump off, jump off. You see, jumping off the moving train in the tunnel is what's going to kill you. But if you trust the conductor, you'll go through the tunnel, right? And so what is the devil doing in our lives? He's saying, jump off, do this, don't live for God, don't do this. And really he's lying to us because we are on the path of victory. And he's trying to get us to step off the path of victory. Do you remember his first temptations to, uh, to Adam and Eve? You know, if you do this, you, you'll have all of this. Everything he's saying is a lie. And they already had the garden. They already had authority. They were already clothed in the dominion and power and the glory of God. He was a liar. When they did what he said, everything he said didn't come true, and then they lost all what they already had. See, think about that. The devil's a liar. So the word of God is our sword. Now, here's what it looks like in a cute Japanese anime. And I just want you guys to see it, okay? So here's, a, here's an image. I was going to have some of the brothers dress up like it, but I'm not big on illustrations here. Maybe I'll start doing that stuff later. Some of my friends love to do that stuff. But anyways, here's, here's an image of it. So you just get this idea. I'm going to have the belt of truth. Everybody say the belt. Let's just stand up. Let's do it. Y'all want to do it? Let's do it. Okay. So everybody put on your belt of truth. There you go. The belt of truth, the teachings of Christ. And everybody put on your breastplate of righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, everybody put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Amen. We're just doing a little illustration. Boom, you're standing in the gospel. Amen. Now, everybody put on the helmet of salvation, guarding your heart and mind. Did I even talk about the helmet of salvation or I skip it? I did skip it. I got way too excited, see, way too excited. The helmet of salvation is the promise of God that his, his mind is in you, and no matter what you go through, he'll never leave or forsake you. So he guards your mind, and he speaks to your mind. That's why he gives you peace beyond understanding. So there we go. We hit that now. And then we take on the shield of faith. Everybody put up your shield of faith. Amen. The shield of faith extinguishing the arrows of the enemy. And then everybody go, 
Yeah, yes. Your sword of the spirit, the word of God. Now, I want you guys to see this in closing. This is what I wanted us to hear about. And the band, would you come, please? I want you to see this because this is where the battle is. This is a cool one, right? I want you guys to see this because this is where we're going to be, or how, rather, it's going to look like when we're fighting. So think about this. We're holding up the shield of faith, and all the devil can do is shoot arrows at us. That's all he can do. He cannot grapple with us. He is at a distance and kept away from us like a roaring lion. And so he's shooting arrows. Since I've mentioned perversion, let me give it as an example. So he's shooting the arrow of perversion at me. When that comes, it will come to me as a temptation. And now I need to wage war against it, don't I? I put up my shield of faith, and now it will extinguish it. And what is my faith? In God's Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So when that comes up, I'm like, boom, what is that? Oh, I'm thinking about some girl I used to be with way back in the day. Or, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm having a temptation to look at something I shouldn't on Facebook. I now put up the Word of God, and I say, no, devil, I won't do that. I am holy as he is holy. I will guard my eyes. I will guard my heart. Amen? I'll look at a picture of my wife. Hallelujah. Which isn't lust, it's just love. And then what happens? Bink, bink. There goes the arrow. Has no power, has no authority. I'm still standing in holiness as a married man, right? Bink. There goes the arrow. Falls to the ground and extinguishes. Now what happens if I don't have faith in God's word and now I go and start looking on Facebook, start using my mind to entertain the, t the sin. I have now let down the shield and the arrow comes poof, and it hits the breastplate of righteousness and now it starts to burn. Maybe the shield is not of metal. Think of it as some of their uh, breastplates might have been of strong leather and now it starts to burn. Now it starts to catch fire. If I don't repent, that grows. And now what does he do? He comes to grapple with me. And that's why the Bible says in another place, do not give the devil a foothold. See, now my shield is down, I am wounded, my chest is burning. Now the devil starts wrestling with me. And everybody look up at me. A lot of you live there. And you're wondering why it's always so hard. It's because you are allowing it to be there. Repent of your sin. Let Christ restore the breastplate and push the enemy back and then fight with the shield. You shouldn't be every day feeling like I have sinned, my soul's on fire with temptation, and the devil's got a hold on me, and it's going to it's gonna be rough. I don't know, Pastor. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Help. See, that's where a lot of Christians live. Listen to me. This is where it gets good. you got to hear me here. And when I go to churches... And I listen to them online. That's what they keep preaching to you. Oh, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. The devil's a liar. You're going to make it. And what they keep telling you is that that's normal. That is normal. 
Yes, temptation is normal, but it's not giving into it that is like Christ. And Christ is saying we can live holy in this world. We can live in holiness. I don't ever listen to me. Yes, have I sinned as a Christian? Yes, I'll keep it real. I'll keep the 100, baby. Have I sinned as a Christian? Yes, but I hated it. I didn't like the feeling. I don't want to keep making excuses so I can get hit more. This is where I want to stand. Arrows against my marriage, bink, because the Word of God says what God has joined together. Let no man tear apart, bink. Come on, somebody. Oh, finances, you don't have enough money. No, I'm too blessed to be stressed. The Bible says he'll meet all my needs according to Christ Jesus in riches and glory. Bink. I don't want to be sitting here with some arrow in me, devil body slamming me. Ah, now God loves us and he'll help us. He'll help us. But I want to be a Spartan, amen. Whooping the devil and then putting the word of God in him. That's going to be your battle. That's going to be my battle is whether or not we'll keep our shield up. Because if we could keep the shield up, it's the arrows that will keep bouncing off. And everybody look up at me because maybe for some of you, I'm one of the only pastors you know or this church is one of your first churches. Eight out of ten people in this church right now, this is their first church. This is the place where they were baptized. Are you listening? This is an amazing place where God is doing a great work in unbelievers' lives. And so listen to me. Some of you don't know a lot of other pastors, but I know men of God who have walked holy for the Lord 50 years. Just turn down the keys just a little bit, please. 50 years. Their marriages are strong. And when I talk to them and ask them, because I always want to know, what things did you do? How did you live holy? It always comes down to their faith. Always. No one ever goes, well, because I fasted uh, 40 days and I rode my spiritual bike down the road. No, it's like they always tell me, I kept faith in God's Word. When I felt like I was getting tacked all around me, I kept faith in God's Word. When my wife died, hello, Nancy's pastor's wife died. Hello. You know, you, some of you all saw that on Facebook about the, uh, the basketball coach's wife died, and then he gives that wonderful speech. See, real stuff happens in Christians' lives. Mm -hmm. But we see when that man, Coach Monty, if you haven't seen it, you need to. When you see him speaking and, and talking, what he's doing is holding up a shield of faith over his family. If you don't know, his wife was driving home with three of their kids. Somebody crossed over the lane. The driver died, the mom died, and the kids went to the hospital. And he's saying, I'm still standing on God, and that's what she would want me to do. You see, it's faith. And that's why the Bible calls it the, the fight of faith. So please, don't everybody here complicate this. I don't want to see you living in defeat, making an excuse. Well, I'm not as Christian as Pastor Joe, or, or, or I don't go to church as much as so-and-so. Yeah, we should go to church. We should be faithful because that's where we hear the Word of God. But your victory, 100%, will stand whether or not you have faith on God's Word when you walk out of here. For it is by faith you are saved. That's what he said in Ephesians 2. He says, for it is by faith you are saved, not of good works, lest any man should boast. For it is by grace through faith, by grace through faith. How will you stand? By grace through faith. How will you make it through the trials? By grace through faith. How can you encourage me through grace and faith? Encourage me to come to the grace of God when I mess up and stand in the faith of God. Can I get an amen? Now, we are going to leave this man, Majama, on fire for Jesus. Amen? How many are ready to get on fire for Jesus? Altar workers, would you come, please? Here's how we're going to end it. We are going to end it praying for people 
who want to get baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire and want to speak in other tongues because it's the power that you will stand in. And when you're fighting the faith, I don't even have time to show you this scripture in Jude, but it says, pray in the Spirit, building your most holy faith. When I hear the Word of God, you know what I do? I pray in tongues, and I start to worship in my Bible study time. Does anybody do that? Come on. Anybody else saved, saved in this place? Anybody else got the power of God? Anybody pimp slapping the devil? This is a girl from Brazil right here. In your church, they speak in tongues? Speak in that mic like you're excited. Come on. They speak in tongues? They get pumped up? They on fire? When when your pastor pastor taught you to fight against the devil, did he tell you that you needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Yes, and we do need to. (laughs) It works in Brazil? Where are you from, Mexico? Puerto Rican and Mexico. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) The gringo messing it up. It works for Filipinos? Yes. It works for Americans? How about, look at my brother right here. What block were you on in the, man, come on. What, the jail, man? C block. C block. Does tongues work there? Tongues works in C block. Did you get baptized in the Holy Spirit on C block? Yes, I did. Look at that. Baptized. Baptized in the Holy Ghost in fire on C block. That's why he ain't never going back. Do you know, how many, you know how many people get jailhouse religion and they just go right back to what they used to do when they get out? This brother's about ready to graduate Bible college. He's working in a school helping young people. And he used to be in jail. Why? Because of the baptism of fire. The baptism of fire will change you. Now this is what I want us to get. It's going to sound funny, but we're going to end like this. Give me that 808. Come on. We're going to do some hip-hop for Jesus. Y'all ready to do this? We're going to leave just getting our faith built up. And then when we start singing, baptize us in the Holy Spirit. If you want to get prayed for today to get that baptism of fire, I want you to come up to one of these altar workers. Pastor Berto, will you join us up here too? Because I want some men and women of God to lay hands on you. But this is what I want you to know. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. Rawr, rawr. Come on. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. He's the line of the tribe. That's who we are on the side of. Y'all don't know if I'm real. I am so real right now. Rawr. One more time. It's the line of the tribe of Judah. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. He's the line of. Come on, give me a round. Round. Rawr. One more time. The line of the tribe of Judah. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. He's the line. Now give a real round. 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 One more time. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. Round. One more time. Come on. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. He's the life of the time. Now watch. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us in fire. Put those words up, please. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Now if you want prayer, come on down. Just come on down. Don't be embarrassed. If you want to receive the baptism of fire, come on down. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Come on. 
Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Come on, who wants the baptism? I don't care if it's just a few of you. Who wants it? Get real with God today. Fresh fire. Come on, one more time. Fresh fire. Come on. Come on, who wants it? No, 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 stop. Just keep the head away. Come on. Who wants the baptism of fire? Cut him way down, please. I love you, but that's way too loud. I can't hear. Listen, we're praying for people to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Who else wants it? Come on. I want you to receive that power. Rudy, put down that camera and stand up here for me, please. Come on. You want to get prayer, brother? Come on. Start praying. Rudy's one of our SUM students. Come on. Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Come on. He's the lion of the tribe. Who else wants to get prayer? Come on down. Jesus. Baptize us. Whoa. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Come on. Who wants to get baptized today? In the fire of God. Baptize us. Come on, baptize. In the Holy Spirit. Come on, baptize us. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. We pray for the fire of God in this place. We pray for the fire of God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Okay, now prayer workers, I want you to stop praying. Just eight away, none of this. Okay, prayer workers, I want everybody to stop praying up here. Go ahead and stop, brother. Stop, stop. I want every prayer worker to stop for a second because I want, I want everyone up here to get the baptism. I want this sister to look at me, so let her stop in just a moment. Come on. I want every one of you to receive the baptism of fire. If you have not received it yet, come on, everybody look up at me. Every prayer worker, let them, let them look at me. Help them, help them. There you go. Take the hand off. There you go. Right here, baby. It's your time. Right here. Come on. Back up, baby. Back up. Come on. I want everybody to get it. This is what we're going to do now. If you have not started speaking in tongues the moment you came up here, we're going to pray together now. And then they'll go back to praying for you. But you know how I received the Holy Spirit? Eight years old at a children's camp. They said, you guys want the baptism of the Spirit? I said, I don't know what it is. But if Jesus is giving it out, I'll come and get it. God is my witness. I went up there as an eight-year-old child. And I just heard them starting to speak in tongues. And I said, God, I want it. And I started to hear in my heart the sounds of heaven. A language I had not learned. So, Steve, let them hear me now. Let them hear me. I want everybody to hear this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not because they're going to force it on you. It is because you have faith to believe you can receive. And how you will receive it, every one of you, is by the way the disciples received it. By saying, I accept and receive it, and then listening to the sounds of heaven. As they said, the tongues of the angels came. Are you all ready? So altar workers, wait till you pray. Everybody right now up at the front, just close your eyes with me. Just We do that so we don't get distracted. Let's raise our hands up. 
Come on, altar workers too. And anybody else wants a fresh baptism, do it with us. Hallelujah. Some of y'all should be up here, but you're too scared. And you wonder why you get whooped by the devil. You're scared of God. Hello? You're scared of the wrong thing then, man. The devil's going to tear you apart. Don't be afraid of God. You should be up here. This is the best thing in the world for you. Now listen, every hand up and just say this. Jesus, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I receive the fire. I receive the new tongues of heaven. In Jesus' name, right now. Now, right now, as you say it, just begin to hear the sounds of heaven. Altar workers, lay your hands on them one more time gently and just say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit right now. No gimmick. No, nothing, nothing that you couldn't do without us, but we're here to show you that God is doing it. It's from God, not from a man. It's from the Holy Spirit. You can't fake it, so don't try. Don't even worry about trying to fake it. You can't get so hype either. It's all about God right now. Come on, don't worry about getting hype. Just worry about the Holy Spirit. Concentrate on the Holy Spirit. Now, baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Come on, the rest of us, if you want it, we're going to dismiss in just a moment. But maybe God will meet you in the chair where you're at. Come on, baptize me, God. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us. Now, fresh fire. Fresh fire burn. Burn in us today, God. Make us a terror to the enemy. Make us a terror to the enemy. Oh, yes, God. Jesus. Amen. I'm going to pray just one more time right now. Lord, baptize him, Jesus. Baptize him, Jesus. Baptize him, Jesus. Do what you said you would do. Do it like you did on the day of Pentecost. One more time, God. Before you come to judge the world, if today was their last day, one more time, fill them, God. Let our church experience it one more time. If I never got to live again, let me live my last day in the fire of God, with the power of God, warring on the side of the angels of heaven and the Son of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. We don't know when our last day will come, but let our last day be on the battlefield, warring with Jesus. Hallelujah. Fire. Hallelujah. Woo. I'm on the side of the line of the tribe of Judah. Woo. The line of the tribe of Judah. He's 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 the line of the tribe of Judah. Do you know that the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion? He is making us as bold as our Father, who is the line of the tribe of Judah. Some of you have been defeated by the devil. And you need to know that the devil's already been defeated by our Lord. 
You need to put the devil under your feet and say, I am on the side of the line of the tribe of Judah and let out a battle cry that puts the devil on the run. Let's say it one more time and then we will shout for the victory. Whoa, line of the tribe of Judah. I'm on the line of the tribe. Come on. Yes, that's what's up. Shout out. Oh, it's the line of the tribe of Judah, baby. Shout victory. It's the line of the tribe of Judah. Jesus. Come on, shout for the victory. Jesus! 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 Woo! Put, up a, put up a picture in the back of Spartans running to the battle, my brother. We are on the side of victory! Hallelujah! Jesus! Jesus! Jesus, 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 Chicago belongs to Jesus. This city belongs to the Lord. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus, have them running. Put a picture of them running to the battle, please. Jesus. Jesus. Those of you who are baptized in the Holy Spirit, just start to speak in other tongues. If you haven't received it yet, you still might. Come on. Some of you need to know that as you speak in tongues, you may speak in other known languages. I've spoken in tongues and people from India have understood me at times. There's a mystery in the believer's life. It is the Holy Spirit. And he speaks with the tongues of angels, the tongues of fire. Every seance, every seance is an imitation of the power of God. Every tribal battle cry is an imitation of the shouts of victory for Jesus. Every shout at a sports game is an imitation of the victory of Jesus. You, my friend, were made for war. You were made to defeat the devil. You have been called a soldier in the army of the Lord. Some of you need to get a battle cry in your heart. Give me that 808. Give it to me. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. Come on, a little bit faster. I'm a soldier. Come on, come on. In the army of the Lord. I said I'm a soldier. In the army of the Lord. I 
said, I'm a soldier. Come on. In the army of the Lord. I said, I'm a soldier. Come on. In the army. Listen to this. Oh. When I die, you got to let me die. Fighting the good fight. I said, I'm a soldier. Come on. In the army of the Lord. When I die. When I die, you got to let me die. Fighting the good fight. I said, I'm a soldier. Come on, you need to fight for your marriage. Whoa. When I die, you got to let me die. Fighting the good fight. I said, I'm a soldier. Come on, who else going to sing it with me today? Come on, when I die. When I die, you got to let me die. Fighting the good fight. I said, I'm a soldier. Come on. In the army. Now everybody say, I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier. Yeah. In the army of the Lord, I said I'm a soldier. Woo! In the army, one more time, I said I'm a soldier. Yeah! In the army, whoa, I said I'm a soldier. Come on, let's shout it out when I die. Woo! Oh, when I die, you gotta let me die. Fighting the good fight. I said I'm a soldier, baby. Oh, you better tell somebody. Oh, when I die, you gotta let me die. Fighting the good fight. I said I'm a soldier. Now listen to this. Listen to this. In the army of the Lord. Listen to this. See, my mother, she was a soldier. She put her hands to the gospel plow. And one day, she got old. She couldn't fight anymore. But she threw up her hands and fought anyhow. Y'all need to get some of these spiritual songs in your mind. My mother, she was a soldier. She put her hands to the gospel plow. She got old. And one day, she couldn't fight anymore. But she threw up her hands and fought anyhow. You see, there will be days when you got to fight, even when you don't feel like fighting. There are going to be people you lose in this life. And you're going to want to give up. But you got to put your hands to the gospel plow. And you got to be able to tell the devil, boy, I'm a soldier. I came to lay my life down for Jesus. Whether I live or I die, I'm on the Lord's side. Y'all ready to say that? Come on. Whether I live or whether I die, I'm fighting on the Lord's side. Whether I live or whether I die, I'm fighting on the Lord's side. Come on. Whether I live or whether I die, I'm fighting on the Lord's side. Oh, whether I live or whether I die. Come on, one more time. Whether I live. Whether I live or whether I die. Woo! Whether I live or whether I die. Fighting. Come on. Whether I live, whether I die, I'm fighting on the Lord's side. Yeah. One more time, let's throw up our hands. Come on. Who does the victory belong to? Come on, who's got the victory? Who's going to keep you and I holy? Who's going to keep us pure? Now, I want to give you a chance to give him 30 seconds of praise because you're determined in this place that you're going to break through every lie of the devil. You're going to overcome every attack of Satan against your family, against your children, against your job, against this city. 
Y'all ready to give them 30 seconds of crazy praise? Come on, and you give me that gospel beat like you know it. Come on. One, are you ready to give God a gospel praise? Are you ready to shout unto God like you mean it up in this place? Two, I want us to shout like we know who we are, like we is Metro Praise International. One, two, three, shout for the victory. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. Come on, five more seconds. Jesus. Woo! y'all believe the enemy is defeated you are victorious if you do not get filled with the Holy Spirit you come back up I'll pray for you personally amen I'll shake you real good no I'm kidding can you guys just calm for a second let's just call it a day let's have a moment of silence to show everybody here we don't have to just get hype how many got the baptism in their fire of uh, the baptism of fire now let's just do something to challenge ourselves without the hype. Just taking a deep breath right now. Come on. Breathe out. Now next time you do it, breathe in the Holy Spirit and breathe out the praise of God. Come on. Think of every breath you take is in Him for His glory. I'm breathing in the grace of God. And excelling the praise. Every breath I make or take and every step I make is for the glory of God. We live and breathe and have our being in him. And now just whisper to him whatever's on your heart. Come on. Because he's in the stillness. He's in the stillness as well as the shout. Because you may not be able to yell on your job when things start going wrong and the devil's attacking you. But you can breathe in the grace of God and excel his praise and say, I got this in Jesus' name. God is with me. Under your breath, you can say, God is with me. They said as some of those people were laid at that lake or river, whatever, or the ocean, those men in Egypt, as they were getting beheaded, some of them 